It's the ladies' night. did a good job, and uh, we're so uh, thrilled. You know, some of these, like I was looking at Faith up here, and I remember when she was just born, and and Carly, all of them, they're coming on up here, and and that's pretty cool, seeing them growing up. So Caroline's right behind them, and uh, be up here before we know it, see all these young kids growing up, it's great, speaking of... Uh, young people growing up, and it's great to have uh, Drew and Jessica, and uh, they're they're starting out in life. They're engaged. They do have a date set, and uh, so lift them up in prayer as they move forward in life. And and really, of course, Drew. I mean, this is uh, where you grew up, and you look back and and uh, here in your time at Calvary and different places and. And it's pretty neat. And, of course, they voted just, they, they didn't even think about it. They just sent you some money. And uh, you can give us a report on all the, you know, where you're at and your needs and, and different things when you come up here. I just want to give them a bit of encouragement. Number one, our greatest thing we can give you is our prayer. That's the greatest thing we can give you. Uh, he was describing to me a little bit of a, a discouragement he received a little bit earlier and, you know, the Bible addresses specifically 
uh, that. And it says uh, in First Timothy, it says, let no man despise thy youth. And uh, a person may be young, and I had it, and it just it comes with the territory. And I'm sure Trey's had it before, and he's still young and uh, newly married, and, and just so lift all of our young preachers up. Discouragement comes in all forms, and it comes for young preachers, middle aged and older preachers. It it does. There's remember what I told y'all before I let let y'all go this morning. What did I say? Encourage somebody this week. Encourage somebody this week. All right, Brother Drew, he's going to share the work, uh, the opportunity, uh, both of them, y'all together, him and Miss Jessica, and then Brother Drew will bring us a portion of God's Word. Good evening. I guess I don't have to introduce myself since you guys all know me. Uh, this is Jessica Noble. This is my fiance. She is a... Uh, She's from Star City. You know, the other day, um, I was walking to class, and am I, if I walk, am I going to feed back? Okay. I was walking to class the other day, and I was, of course, you know, like every other person in my generation, I was texting while going to class. Just do-do-do-do-do. And man, if, if I hadn't looked up in time, I would have literally walked smack dab right into somebody else that was also texting. And I was just laughing at myself, and I, I was telling Jessica about this the other day, and she told me the story, a similar story that her teacher told her in class. Said that he saw this girl walking down the hall in the second floor of the MCB, and the second floor of the MCB it has uh, elevators at the end. And he said that he, he walked out of his classroom just to watch her. She was walking down the hall, she was texting, just texting along, and he said that she ran right into the wall, bam, and then didn't even look up and walked right into the elevator. <laughs> I'm just, I was just amazed. And I'm just thinking to myself, man, that, that girl needs to look up. Right? She needs to look up. And kind of bring it, bring it, bring it home to you guys. Maybe some of, some of the men in here, maybe you guys sitting down after a hard day of work. You want to watch some TV. So you sit down and you start cruising the channels. Okay? You find a good show, a good movie. You're watching the TV. As soon as you get, it gets good, your wife wants to sit down and talk to you about something. So, for some reason, you don't pay attention to her. And then the commercial comes on and your wife realizes that you haven't listened to one lick of what she said. She's like, you need to pay attention to me. You need to look up. You need to listen to what I have to say. It's important. I had a bad day. Right? Well, we come to this scripture right here. And Jesus, 2,000 years ago, before TV, before cell phones... He was saying the same thing, the same message. And I want to start in verse 28, and we're going to go all the way down to, 30, and down to 38. And it says in 28, The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is this not the Christ? And I kind of want to stop there to give you a little context of what's going on. Okay. Jesus has been traveling with his disciples. All right, he's been traveling, doing miracles, preaching, doing you know the whole Jesus thing, right? Well, it's time for him to go back to Jerusalem, and where they're at, they Jesus decides he's going to go straight through Samaria, which is kind of a big deal because Samaritans and Jews are kind of like mortal enemies; like you really can't stand each other. And so, 
instead of going all the way around it like most people do, he goes straight through it. And well, they're tired of traveling and the disciples end up going to this nearby city at one point in their travels to get some food. And Jesus comes to this well to get some water. And there's a woman there. She's a Samaritan woman. And he starts talking to her. Well, she's even surprised that he's talking to her because he's a Jew. She's just blown away. And through this conversation, we learn that this woman has had five husbands. This woman has been married, divorced, married, divorced, married, divorced, married, divorced, and then married again. And then whether she's divorced or not, we don't know because she's living with another man that's not even her husband. This woman has got some serious insecurity problems. She is trying to fill herself up. Well, through this conversation, Jesus Christ reveals to her who he is. He says, look, I'm the, I'm the Messiah. I'm the one you're waiting on. And so that's where we come to in the story. She has just now become a new believer. This woman that is messed up, she has got problems. She just became a new believer. Okay. And then we keep going in the story. You know, she immediately leaves her water pot and goes to the city and tells everyone about Christ. And then verse 30, it says, Then they went out of the city and came unto him, talking about the men that she just preached to. And then 31, it says, In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Therefore said his disciples, one to another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? And Jesus said unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Say not ye there yet four months, and then cometh harvest? Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Two thousand years ago, Jesus Christ is saying the same thing to his disciples. Look up and pay attention. I love this story because we have two very conflicting characters or groups of characters. And they're on completely opposite ends of the spectrum. You have the woman who is messed up. She has had problems. She, is, she hasn't been to church. She doesn't know any Bible verses. She hasn't been to seminary. She doesn't know anything. And you see, the first thing that she does when she becomes a believer is she goes and preaches the gospel. And then you have the church members. You have the disciples. You have the ones that are the, the guys that hang out with Jesus every single day. And they're completely distracted. They are so distracted they cannot see the horde, the group, the mob of men that are coming to see Jesus and learn more about Jesus as they speak. They're so distracted that it would be like me standing out at the road and I couldn't see you guys right here walking towards me. I couldn't hear you. I couldn't see you because they're so distracted. Their priorities are all out of whack. They're so worried about the meat. The meat wasn't a bad thing. They needed the meat. They needed it. You need it to survive. But they were so distracted from it, they couldn't see. And then the woman. Oh, the woman. As soon as Christ intervened in her life, her priorities completely aligned with Christ. Because she left her water pot. What's so important about the water pot? The water pot was her life. She needed it to drink. She needed it to clean her clothes. She needed it to cook with. She needed it to just to clean herself, everything. 
She depended on that water. That's why she was there with a huge water pot. If she wanted something to drink, she would have just had a cup or she would have just been there to drink some. But she had a water pot. She was storing up on the water. But what did she do? She immediately left it. She left it to go. And the disciples, they were the complete opposite. And so, I want to say the same thing to you. That Jesus said to His disciples, don't get distracted. Look up. Look up. There are opportunities around you every single day to spread the Gospel and to preach Jesus Christ and to disciple people. There's opportunities around you to share Christ's love. But if you let paying the bills, if you let getting food on your table, if you let buying clothes, if you let paying the house payment, if you let all that stuff become the number one, pro- number one priority, if you let that consume all of your time, then you don't have any time to, to do that other stuff. You're so consumed with it, you're distracted just like the disciples. And I say, don't let that stuff distract you. Don't let the, the needs, the stuff that you need, distract you to the point that you don't see the hurting. You don't see the people that need your love that you come in contact with every single day. Please look up. Please get to work. Just like Christ said, He said, He said, And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. One soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that wherein ye bestowed no labor. Other men labored, and you are entered into their labors. There are people that are working, that are sowing. And God just wants you to go reap. But there are people that need to be sowed upon. So you guys need to sow too. That's the whole message. That's the one point. It's not, I, I don't have you know, a, a three-point alliterated sermon. There's just one point. Look up and let's go to work. It's time to get to work. Rob was telling me the other day about a, uh, a um, survey that, or a, something that he read. And it was something like 90% of, the, of new church members are just they're, just, they're moving from church to church to church. You know, people that join a church probably went to church somewhere else. Or is a son or daughter of someone that goes to that church. And what I was thinking about, and what me and Rob talked about is, what about all the people that we bring in? You know, bringing in the sheaves, going out and finding the lost that aren't involved in church. Go outside of the promised land community. Go outside and harvest and, and labor. And don't let, don't let the needs, don't let those things become more important because Christ said, He said, Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and the rest of these things he will add to you. He'll take care of them. You don't have to worry about clothes. You don't have to worry about food. That stuff will be taken care of. All Christ wants you to do, all God wants you to do, is devote 100% of your time on spreading His name and ministering to everyone around you. 
100% of your energy into that. All of it. All in. So, that's my prayer for Promised Land. For every single one of you guys. Man. Hamburg would be changed. Hamburg would be transformed. People would start saying... What is going on in Hamburg? There are some people that are turning the world upside down. We just got to look up and get to work. And it starts with you guys. Brother Norman, Brother Bull, Miss Barbara, Brother Bruce, Brother Ronnie. It just starts with you guys, every single one of you. And so, that's my prayer for you guys. And I'll, I'll turn the service over back to you, Brother Michael.